1990, a small, relatively unknown band from Ireland was looking for a new lead singer. The group's original singer, Neil Quinn, decided to step away from the rock band and return to the group he was previously a part of. An 18-year-old woman named Dolores O'Riordan had caught wind of the band needing a new singer. She was a relatively experienced musician, given her young age. She had sung in her church's choir, was a classically trained pianist, and she taught herself how to play the guitar. She even wrote her first song at the ripe old age of 12. So, clad in a bright pink tracksuit, she hopped on her bike, grabbed her keyboard, and rode across town to the audition. It was hard for the other band members to predict what this small-statured woman was going to do. She was pretty quiet and shy, but once she started singing, the three young men in the group were speechless. They could not believe what they had heard, and they also could not believe that this impressive woman was not already in a band. She was clearly an incredibly gifted singer and musician who was way ahead of her time and they would need to catch up. Needless to say, she made quite the impression on the group and she left the audition with four different chords to work on. These notes would eventually go on to form the basis for the song Linger. Little did Dolores or the other bandmates know that they would go on to be one of the biggest and most successful bands out of Ireland other than U2. More on their incredible story in a moment. Hello, and thank you so very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by and in memory of my big sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. My name is Amy Lewis, and I'm your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. You are tuning in to episode number 59, The Cranberries. Like so many children growing up, my first introduction to a lot of music was from my parents and later my sister. I remember my mom owning the Cranberries album, Everyone Else is Doing It, So Why Can't We?, on cassette tape, and I'm pretty sure my sister owned the group's second album, No Need to Argue. This time I think it was on a CD. The three of us often traveled together in my mom's car to visit friends and family, and the only entertainment was cassette tapes. I'm quite certain the Cranberries were in pretty heavy rotation when we weren't rocking out to Tracy Chapman, Phoebe Snow, or Tina Turner. I found the story of the Cranberries, especially their lead singer Dolores O'Riordan, to be fascinating, so... Let's get to it. Originally formed in 1989, the Cranberries were first known as Cranberry Sauce. Their name was a pun off of the traditional Thanksgiving side dish, Cranberry Sauce. Very clever. The group consisted of Noel Hogan, who was the lead guitarist and songwriter, Mike Hogan, his brother, who played the bass, and Fergal Lawler, who played the drums. Noel Hogan was born on December 25, 1971. Mike Hogan was born on April 29, 1973, and is the youngest member of the band. Fergal Lawler was born on March 4, 1971. Lawler and the Hogan brothers met as teenagers while they were apparently out breakdancing. I know that's where some of my greatest friends have come from, breakdancing. During their late teenage years, they were each gifted their respective instruments, and they began playing together and putting together music. Once Lawler started playing the drums, he was absolutely hooked. 
He felt like it was the only thing that he was ever good at and felt confident doing. When Nial left the group, they continued to develop music and played instrumental for quite a while, but eventually they decided it was time to find a new lead singer, preferably a woman. Despite leaving the group, Nial introduced the group to his girlfriend's sister's friend named Dolores. The rest, as you just learned, was history. Dolores O'Riordan was born on September 6th, 1971, to parents Eileen and Terrence. She was the youngest of seven children. Her father was injured in a motorcycle accident, so he was no longer able to work as a farm laborer and was in a wheelchair. When O'Riordan was in school, she was often asked to sing Gaelic in front of her class, and when she was in high school, she declared that she wanted to be a rock star. The group worked to put together some demo tapes and recordings. The tapes they put together sold out in the record stores in their hometown of Limerick. They played at a lot of nightclubs and pubs in the early days. They were determined to get out of playing at such small venues, so the group gave out demo tapes left and right. Eventually, they played a showcase at a local university to an audience of over 1,400 students. Dozens of record companies had talent scouts present to check out the band. Soon, the group would sign a six-figure deal with Island Records, which was also home to you 2 Apparently, one of the record companies they sent their demo tape to returned it back to them with an envelope labeled The Cranberries, and the name just sort of stuck. The Cranberries released their first studio album, Everyone Else is Doing It, So Why Can't We, in 1993. The title of the album comes from the group's desire to be successful. They felt like they had to start somewhere, I mean, everybody does, so why couldn't they too become a well-known group? A lot of the music was inspired by relationships that Dolores had in her teenage years. It wasn't initially very popular in the UK, but after its success in the United States, it became popular elsewhere. One of the biggest hits on the album was Linger, which would go on to be an international hit when Dolores was just 22 years old. The song was inspired by O'Riordan's first kiss. Another well-known song on this album is called Dreams. If you've ever seen the movie You've Got Mail, then you might remember that this song was played at the beginning of the film. The website Pitchfork described this song quite well when they wrote, quote, Dreams, which articulates how falling in love is thrilling and terrifying all at once, achieves similar heights. From the first words out of O'Riordan's mouth, Oh, my life is changing every day in every possible way. Dreams embraces the uncertain adventure ahead. With every new line, the band seems to breathe in fresh new air, constantly revitalizing themselves in real time. At one point, O'Riordan lets out a defiant yodel, a vocal tradition that she was taught by her father. End quote. The album sold over 5 million copies in the United States alone and hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide. This album, like a lot of the music that was produced by the Cranberries, was written primarily by Dolores and Noel. They never wrote music together in the same room. Instead, Noel would create guitar riffs and patterns and record his parts onto a cassette tape. He would then give the tape to Dolores for her to work out the lyrics and chorus on her own. 1994 brought us No Need to Argue. The album includes the Cranberries' most popular and successful hit song, Zombie. Originally named In Your Head, Zombie was a war cry about the violence happening in places like Rwanda, Bosnia, and Northern Ireland at the time. Dolores had broken her leg in a ski accident and wrote the lyrics to the song while sitting in a hospital bed recovering. The song was specifically inspired by an incident where a bomb hidden under a trash can in a city called Warrington in northern western England exploded and killed two little boys who were 3 and 12 at the time when they passed. Dolores had seen one of the mothers of the children on TV, and her heart just broke for her. 
She was angry, and she wasn't afraid to express that anger through music. The Cranberries record label was not at all thrilled about the song, but the band really believed in the song and its message. Sort of like Justin Timberlake and his song Sexy Back, but more on that another time. They were very against the politically charged song being released as a single, so much so that they allegedly wrote out a check for $1 million for the Cranberries to not release the song, but O'Riordan then supposedly ripped up the check right in front of them. With the help of Zombie, which was played at the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony, I might add, No Need to Argue sold 20 million copies. It is the Cranberries' best-selling album of all time. Zombie was typically the last song the Cranberries played when they had concerts. Zombie was understandably an incredibly popular hit as it's, I mean, an incredible song. But No Need to Argue also includes Ode to My Family. Ode to My Family is where O'Riordan would sing to her various family members, and I like to do it to my mom. So I'd say, my mother, my mother, she like me, she like me. Anyways, that was terrible. The album also includes Ridiculous Thoughts, which is probably my all-time favorite Cranberry song, as well as Icicle Melt and 21. If you ever have the chance, I strongly suggest seeing the group perform this song, or really any song, that is, live. They are just as good in the studio as they are live. I really wish I would have had the chance to see them in concert in hindsight. In 1996, the Cranberries released To the Faithful Departed, which is the first Cranberries album that I recall purchasing. The album was dedicated to O'Riordan's grandfather and a gentleman named Danny Cordell, who helped get the band signed with Island Records. Both of the men had passed away before the album's release. One of the biggest hits on this album was Salvation, which was a hard-hitting song about substance use and how it's something that O'Riordan hoped nobody would fall into. She told interviewers at the time that she struggled with substance abuse, and it never made anything any better, only worse. I always sort of thought that's what the lyrics were talking about, but here's a closer look at some of the lyrics. To all those people doing lines, don't do it, don't do it. Inject your soul with liberty, it's free, it's free. To all the kids with heroin eyes, don't do it, don't do it. Because it's not not what it seems. No, it's not not what it seems. Salvation, salvation, salvation is free. Salvation, salvation, salvation is free. The music video for this song was pretty terrifying as it features a horrifying clown character and is very ominous. I tried to watch it again recently, but I just cannot handle the clown. Cannot handle it. However, I have always loved this song and also Free to Decide since I first heard them. Free to Decide was a song written in response to the media and their over-involvement in the private lives of the Cranberries, especially O'Riordan. They were often writing rumors about the band breaking up, O'Riordan having mental breakdowns, etc. Around the time of the release of To the Faithful Departed, the Cranberries were starting to get burned out. They had endured many years of extensive touring and performing. O'Riordan had an injured knee and wanted to live a normal life. The group sort of knew they were feeling burnt out and made the mistake of pushing through it and recording when they said they really shouldn't have. That being said, they certainly created an outstanding album, in my own humble opinion. Bury the Hatchet was released in 1999. This album sold 2.4 million copies. Four different singles were released off of this album, including Animal Instinct, Promises, You and Me, and one of my personal favorite Cranberry songs, Just My Imagination. This album came after a several-year hiatus that the band took. 
The album touches on topics like motherhood and child abuse, a continuation of some of the more serious topics covered in the group's music. The album cover for this record is often criticized because it features a naked man out in the desert being looked at by a humongous eyeball. Yeah. I'm not one to think all that much about album covers, and I certainly don't lose any sleep over it. But I will say that this is something I would not have wanted a poster of, okay? Let's just put it that way. Wake Up and Smell the Coffee came in 2001. It was created after the group again took a hiatus for several years. Each was married now and raising children, so there was a lot of other things to focus on at the time. Hot Press said about the album, quote, The transformation of Dolores O'Riordan from shy, tranquil limerick girl to loud, brash, snarling international rock star is, as well as being one of the music's most curious transitions, also a mirror of her band's fortunes. Moving from the deft acoustics of their debut to the heavy-handed, rather boorish rock of recent times. On their fifth album, however, a state of equilibrium seems to have been reached by both parties, resulting in easily their best work for some seven years." Singles on this album included This Is The Day, Time Is Ticking Out, and Analyze. That's Analyze, spelled with an S. In 2009, the band had a reunion of sorts and went on a world tour. It was primarily in the United States and Canada. They were in Boston in November of that year, and gosh darn it, I didn't know it. So many regrets in my life. So many regrets. That's definitely one of them. In 2011, the Cranberries started recording what would eventually be an album called Roses. They performed here and there, but O'Riordan was certainly starting to have a hard time. Around 2012, it had been noted that O'Riordan was struggling with an addiction to pills and alcohol. She reportedly attempted suicide by overdosing on medication. She survived and said she wanted to pull through the experience because of her children. That same year, Roses was released. I think that's one of the last physical CDs I purchased because both me and my wife's current vehicles do not have CD players in them. Such a bummer. In 2014, O'Riordan had a psychotic break. Very Well Mind describes a psychotic break as, quote, A psychotic break occurs when a person loses touch with reality due to a decline in their mental well-being. It could either be a sign of an underlying medical condition or occur due to a stressful or traumatic event. It's also referred to as a psychosis or a psychotic episode. Some research shows that 3 in 100 people will experience a psychotic break at some point in their lives. End quote. She was reportedly manic as well as paranoid, and she reportedly assaulted a flight crew on an airplane. Thus began a period of feeling for O'Riordan. She opened up about the struggles of her childhood, including her sister apparently burning down their childhood home, and that she was sexually abused by a family member from the time she was 8 until she was 12. Because of the abuse and her quick rise to fame, she had been struggling with depression and an eating disorder for many years. The individual who abused her allegedly attended her father's funeral in 2011 and apologized to her for their actions. O'Riordan had, for years, been dreading seeing this person, but somehow got through this encounter. Also during 2014, she and her husband got divorced after being together for 20 years. They had three children together. This also contributed to her alcohol abuse in addition to her PTSD. She would end up living in hotels in New York City for a time, but eventually got an apartment and later a home in Limerick, Ireland, near where she grew up. She was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2015. In 2017, she was drinking heavily and taking lorazepam and was starting to compose a suicide note. Thankfully, she was able to see a psychotherapist and work through this difficult time. The group was supposed to tour in Europe, but they had to cancel most of the tour due to O'Riordan's health. 
The group did manage to release an album in 2017 entitled Something Else, which featured a number of unplugged and orchestral versions of their music. It was recorded at the University of Limerick in Ireland, the same spot where the Cranberries had performed almost 30 years earlier, before they were assigned to a record deal. In January of 2018, O'Riordan had arrived in London to start mixing an album she was doing solo. She had made some phone calls and social media posts alluding to her new music and how excited she was to be able to put it together. On January 15th, O'Riordan passed away in her hotel room bathtub. After an autopsy was completed, it was determined that she had died by accidental drowning due to alcohol poisoning. Remarkably, O'Riordan and Noel Hogan had worked together in previous months to record a few demo tracks for an upcoming Cranberries record. The band decided in the late fall of 2018 that they would no longer continue performing. However, they were able to create and release an album with O'Riordan on it from those previous recordings. The album, created with her family's blessing, is called The End and was released in April of 2019. When the surviving members of the band listened to the completed album for the first time, they thought it sounded a lot like they had previously in the very beginning of their career as musicians with O'Riordan. In the biography section of the Cranberries website, the last line reads, quote, In the biography section of the Cranberries website, the last line reads, quote, As a huge wave of public adulation in the wake of Dolores's passing showed, the Cranberries may be over, in one sense, but they will forever live on in the musical Pantheon. End quote. I hope you enjoyed this look back on the Cranberries, one of the most successful alternative bands of all time. Despite no longer being an official band, the Cranberries have sold over 50 million albums worldwide. The remaining members have gone on to release remastered and box sets of Cranberry albums. The band was together for so many years, starting when they were teenagers, so understandably, the loss of O'Riordan has been hard. In April of 2022, the Cranberries released an album called For Dolores on Record Store Day. It was originally released digitally in September of 2021, around the time that she would have turned 50. Several other compilation and live albums have been released in addition to the Cranberries' eight studio albums. There is no doubt that the Cranberries and O'Riordan left quite the impression on the world of music. I am so grateful they had the opportunity to appreciate their music while O'Riordan was still alive. I imagine my sister would feel the same way, and I am still really angry at myself for not going to their concert. Before we wrap up the show, I just wanted to share a few announcements and had uh, a few requests. First, if you listened to my last show, you will know that I discussed the top 10 holiday toys of the 1980s. That was a very fun show. I did a poll on Twitter about having to pick one of those toys, and the top answer was He-Man, who was a top-selling toy in 1981. Second of all, I have sort of a new audio setup that I'm trying out, so this episode might sound a little bit different than previous ones, but hopefully it sounds better, and I'm going to continue sort of making improvements to you know, make the best audio experience that I can do for this show. Third of all, I am proud to share that I have officially opened a pop culture retrospective podcast merchandise store. Yeah, that's right. You can now rock gear with your favorite podcast logo on it. And thank you so much to all the people who have already ordered some things. All that money will be reinvested back into the show for updated equipment, things like that. I'll post a link to the store in the show notes, and you can also find the link to the merch shop on my brand spanking new podcast website, which is www.popcultureretrospective.com. On my new site, you can find all the episodes of the show, as well as a blog, you can comment on information and news about the show, so on and so forth. 
please check it out. I will also post a link to the site in the show notes. You can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at popcultureretro. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at popcultureretrospective. And you can email me anytime. My email address is popcultureretrospective at gmail.com. I hope you'll join me for my next show where we will take a look at some of the extinct and disappearing beverages and food from the 80s and 90s. Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories.